0: Sometimes, life can feel like one big project, constantly trying to put the pieces together. What if I told you it's okay to be a mess? Life is a journey, and we must transform ourselves into who we want to become. We start by knowing who we are, and with the relentless pursuits of our passion and purpose. How did I do it? With a lot of help from my friends, and we'll talk about all of that right here. On The Beautiful Butterfly Project. Mindfulness
1: is the aware, balanced acceptance of the present experience. It isn't more complicated than that. It is opening to or receiving the present moment, pleasant or unpleasant, just as it is, without either clinging to it or rejecting it. Sylvia Bornstein said this. And on today, episode 10. Of the Beautiful Butterfly Project. I welcome the dynamic David Gibson of the Dreamcatchers Worldwide broadcast, where he envisions greater possibilities to experience a greater reality. David Gibson, or more affectionately as we call him, D1, or our brother from another mother, will share with us his journey to becoming a speaker, an author, and the host of Dreamcatchers Worldwide, he will also share with us some great wisdom and insight on his journey to become his authentic self. And we'll talk about all that right here on this episode of The Beautiful Butterfly Project. As a dynamic international speaker, author, coach, and entrepreneur, David Gibson's contagious passion and infectious enthusiasm impacts all he connects with. His practical and creative approach to leadership and personal development empowers others to achieve their personal and professional goals. David guides leaders on how to develop new empowered beliefs and establish successful habits that lead to an extraordinary life. David is the CEO of Elevation is a Must and the host of the Dream Catchers the Beautiful Butterfly Project welcomes today David Gibson to the show. Nicole, Hi, David. It's a
2: great pleasure and an honor uh, to be on the podcast. I'm excited for the conversation that we're going to have and, you know, hopefully some value that we can offer to your community.
1: I am just so excited. And um, just for transparency, I want the Butterfly Nation to know that I know you personally. Yeah. Yeah. I listen to your broadcast every single morning, um, starts me off right, (laughs) and I'm part of your mastermind group, which actually led to me actually taking that leap off a cliff to start the podcast. So I'm just so excited to have you. So outside of the biography that I just read, will you tell the Butterfly Nation a little bit about who David Gibson really is?
2: To sum up David Gibson, aka D1 Gibson, I would say in the virtual space, I'm a husband, a father. A uh, leader, entrepreneur, speaker, coach, author. But most importantly, I would say to sum it up in one word, a servant, a servant, to be able to put myself in a position and offer value to those that I come in contact with, to inspire, to encourage, to empower others, to live their best life. That's what I want to be known as, a faithful servant that used his gifts and his talents in ways that contributed to the lives of others and and help inspire individuals to be at their best.
1: You know, that's amazing to hear because I often talk a lot about purpose here on the Beautiful Butterfly Project because I believe that we are all a creation of God's love designed for us. And through that, it is our mission in life to live out that love through working out our purpose. And so having said that, we all have this one event, this one thing that shapes our life that was really cathartic for us, I know what my one event was, what my moment was. What propelled you to become the author and speaker that you are? What was that one moment that clarified that for you
2: ah i mean there's there's many moments like what you're describing is like those turning points when you know you become a different individual. you know I'm a full believer that that life is all about roles, right. You know, it's about us adapting and evolving into roles. We have roles in relationships. We have roles in our family. We have roles in our career. uh, We have roles in our personal life. And experiences help us evolve into those roles. And then the question is, how effective will you be in that role? To answer that question, I would say a turning point that really opened up my eyes would be when I was laid off. Yeah. Yeah, when I was laid off. And that was actually... I would say the first initial step that I took in starting my business and becoming an entrepreneur, yeah. to kind of give the backstory, I know the exact date. It was October 3rd of 2013, in fact. Wow. wow. And I had this idea of traveling the world and inspiring individuals to live out their dreams, encouraging them, speaking life. But there was one problem, Nicole. I was in a place that I couldn't even encourage myself, right? Wow, yeah. Like I'm in a position where I'm depressed. I feel miserable. Mm -hmm. I don't have a sense of purpose. I don't recognize my worth. I don't see the value in who I am as an individual. So when I was given this vision, and as you're a woman of faith, as well as I'm a man of faith, God had planted this seed of purpose Mm -hmm. within me. It was hard for me to see the possibility in it.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: Because a lot of times what happens is we get stuck into the right now and then our vision becomes distorted of what can be. You know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. We, we don't see the possibilities because we're so stuck in our problem, our pain, or even our past. And that's yeah. where I had found myself. So, to kind of fast forward just a little bit, I started to encourage people on a one-on-one basis. I started to post things on Facebook. I started to connect with other people and just sharing them insights from my personal breakthroughs as I was overcoming my inner conflicts. And I started to notice that people were paying attention. When I would share insights and wisdom, people would take that knowledge and really thank me for it and say, you know what? That message really inspired me. Yeah. And from there, I started to get invited to speak. And I was still working this job at the same time. I was recently a college grad, had recently just graduated from the Kelly School of Business, uh, where I majored in business marketing. And like many college students, I was in a position where now that I have a degree, I don't know what I want to do. <laughs> you know, I don't know what direction to take my life. You know what I mean? Don't, don't we
1: all <laughs> exactly. have that moment? <laughs> <laughs>
2: so. I'm in this identity crisis all at the same time. And then this vision is just stirring up on the inside of me and I'm just experimenting with myself. You know, I'm just exploring the idea of me encouraging individuals, but it seemed to catch and kick on. So then the belief started to kick in within me that maybe this is a possibility. And this was prior to October 3rd of 2013. This was leading up to that year. And I created this vision plan I created a goal and I told myself, okay, let's create some steps that we can take to put yourself in a position to do this full flesh, to go full-time with this, put yourself in a position where you can dive into this thing and give it everything that you've got. So I created this plan. And of course, fear was in the conversation. So I'm tiptoeing around this idea. And I created this timeline of when I wanted to leave the job, I wanted to stack up some money, make sure I had a safety nest that I can kind of lay in, you know, when I do leave the job. And my grandmother used to say, if you ever want to make God laugh, tell him your plans because my (laughs) plans were not his plans whatsoever. (laughs) Mm. I'm here working day in and day out diligently for this organization and for this company. I was in corporate sales and they called me in and they said, Mr. Gibson, we no longer need you. Mm. And I had been working for this organization, call for eight and a half years. Wow. I never wow. used a sick day. I never used a personal day. Many times I would volunteer wow. to come in on my day off mm. because I was just that committed to the job. And I don't say that to toot my horn, but I say that to demonstrate that sometimes you can be doing everything right, but be in the wrong place. And that's where I found myself. Wow. I wasn't in the right place. Even though I was doing everything right, what happens is I didn't believe in myself enough to take the leap, to take the risk, to go for it. God had to kick me out the nest to demonstrate, D1, David, you got wings. Now it's your personal responsibility to use them. So that was a huge turning point for me because now I've got to learn how to become Hmm. self-reliant, self-aware, self-motivated have to become an independent thinker and learn to process my emotions, my fears, because anytime you're stepping into a new environment, especially when you're pursuing something that you're passionate about, your goals and your dreams, and there's no blueprint to do it, you are going to question yourself. There's going to be times when you doubt yourself. So that's why I tell many people the best personal development course that you can ever take is to start a business, to pursue (laughs) an idea, to go after something that you're passionate about, because you're going to be forced to confront yourself in every mm-hmm. aspect of who you are. And that was a huge turning point for me. But I'm so grateful that things unfolded the way that they unfolded. Of course, I was going through those negative emotions when I was laid off. I felt violated. I felt yeah. done wrong. I felt insignificant. I felt like I had a lack of value. I was yeah. underappreciated. I was angry. You know, you go through all yes. these different emotions. But mm-hmm. when I look back... I'm grateful that everything occurred the way that it did because it helped me discover who I really am, yes. the true essence of my identity. And many times we get stuck in our feelings when we find ourselves in adversity and in the midst of a struggle. But once we overcome that struggle and able to look back, they say hindsight's twenty twenty. Yes, we think those situations because they contribute to our growth.
1: Right. And you said something about identity. Yeah, and identity aligning with purpose. And a lot of times the reason why we don't take a leap and we don't how to step out on faith, if you will, to start that business, to you know to make some different career moves is because we don't know who we are and we don't know our identity. I was recently listening to a podcast, Jay Shetty has a podcast called On Purpose, and he had Matthew McConaughey on there. And I love Matthew McConaughey. I mean, like love Matthew (laughs) McConaughey. And uh, one of the things that he said is that when he was growing up, he didn't exactly know what his purpose was, but he's trying to teach his kids is that identify everything that you're not. Yeah. Go through that process first. He said that was a great process of elimination for him, And so my question to you, D1, is for someone who is struggling to find their identity and in turn find their purpose, what are some steps that you recommend that they take? Because that's what we talk a lot about that here on the Beautiful Butterfly Project.
2: I love that question, Nicole, because it taps into our ability to create our own reality. When we identify ourselves with our true essence and who we really are, then therefore what we do is... We take the power and we place it in our hands and then we can create whatever we choose. And of course, that's easier said than done. It's very complicated because we live in a society where there's people that we're surrounded by. There's cultures that we live in that often try to tell us who we should be, who we are, how we should live our life, how we should think. Sometimes we're living in families where our parents maybe looking out for our best interests, but right. a lot of times they're imposing their fears on you. When you come up with an mm-hmm. idea that may be something that's not normal or mm-hmm. goes against the grain, something yeah. they are passionate about, they don't see the vision that you have because God gave you the vision and not them. And therefore they come in with their critique, they come in with their opinion. And if we're not careful, they'll talk you out of doing things that you really want to do. Right. So to give us some steps, I would say, first and foremost, begin with giving yourself permission to Mm. be you.
1: Wow! Give yourself
2: permission to be you, unapologetically. Mm. Now, what this is going to do is it may separate you from some people that you've grown accustomed to spending time with because they're used to the person that you used to be. But what we're doing is we're going to break the habit of being ourselves and instead reinvent who we are. And we do that by deciding this is who I'm going to be. This is how I identify myself. I'm giving myself permission to be the person that I truly want to become in this life. Yes. Once you do that, it's like Matthew mentioned start identifying the things that you don't want to be. Okay. Right. Yeah. I don't want to live an impoverished life. I don't want to be miserable. I don't want to be mm-hmm. unhappy. Mm-mm. I don't want to be broke. I don't want to be poor. I don't want to be lonely. You know, you want to start identifying mm-hmm. the things that you don't want to be. And therefore, through that process of elimination, you'll start discovering more things that you desire. And as you discover those things, continue to explore yourself. Start pinpointing those passions. Ask yourself what makes me come alive? What mm-hmm. excites me? What fills me with enthusiasm? But most right. importantly, okay. I would say this is the third and fourth step, okay? I've lost count of how many steps we've given, but follow along with
1: me. <laughs> <it. laughs> We're following. <laughs> Hope they're taking notes.
2: <laughs> this is the most important one here, okay? And this is the game changer. Not only should you identify the things that you enjoy, the things that excite you, and the things that make you come alive, but identify the passions that you have. Now, for those that are tuning in, hear me clearly on this. We live in a society where the word passion is taken out of context, okay? Mm, yeah. Of course, passion is something that you enjoy, is something that you love, is something mm. that excites you, but that's only one layer of the word, okay? Passion comes from the Latin word, "passio," mm. And the meaning of that word is to suffer, something mm. that you're willing to suffer for. So you have to mm-hmm. ask yourself, what am I willing to suffer for? What calls? Am I willing to work towards, to make sacrifices, to bring into fruition in my reality? What am I willing to fight for? Right. Once you identify that, you start connecting with something that's bigger than you. And oh, once wow. we connect with something that's bigger than us, Nicole, we tap into a power source that we can't create independently. Uh-uh. You know, you tap into a power source of purpose, yep. and that's when you're strongest. That's when you're at your best, when you're purpose-driven. So in those moments when you feel like giving up, in those yeah, moments no. when you may be going back to school and you're studying and you're tired and you're exhausted, in those mm-hmm. moments when you try to take this certification exam and you don't pass it the first time and you feel like quitting, mm-hmm. whatever the case may be, you tap into a source that you can't create on your own and you realize that somebody somewhere is counting on you to be at your best. So therefore, you got to keep pushing. You wow. got to keep going. You got to keep enduring the storm. You got to keep persisting until you succeed.
1: That's amazing because you said passion, Latin is on patio and suffering. I just did a series of broadcasts where I talked about staying in the press. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and I talked about how the process of olive oil is made. And there's, you know, two ways that they make it. But the main way is that it's pressed between two wooden boards or two rocks and it's attached to, you know, an animal and the animal is moving back and forth, back and forth. And the olives are in there and it's creating that pressure that expels that oil that we just love to cook with that, you know, we, that we love to have in our life. But with olive oil, its heating point is very delicate and it Mm -hmm. begins to smoke and then it can begin to burn so when we talk about passion and we talk about olive oil, it's something that has to burn within us. Yeah. It has to be something that is a flame that you just can't put out. And so I think I've heard you mention something before about how you didn't feel comfortable stepping out and speaking. Yeah. You know, you were shy. and You didn't have the words and. And that you stammered just a bit. And I too yeah. have a speaking impediment. I am a stammerer. I'm a stutterer. And I remember growing up, you know, I've gone to speech therapy and when I feel those things coming on the anxiety, the sweaty palm, there's a method that I go through to kind of calm myself with that. So how did you overcome those, what we call negative emotions and negative thoughts to become a speaker?
2: Man, it was a journey, definitely a journey. But talking yeah. about another turning point, and I mentioned this in my book as well. The first time that I was asked to deliver a keynote speech, Nicole, when you talk about an anxiety, nervous breakdown, your boy D one <laughs> <man. He's> <laughs> was a hot mess, man. He said a hot mess. <laughs> so, so here's the story, real quick. My uncle passed away and speaking in front of people was completely out of my character because like Mm -hmm. you've briefly mentioned, I grew up, I had a speech impediment. Mm -hmm. I would pronounce words incorrectly. Mm -hmm. That really caused me to be a quiet individual. I was reserved. I really didn't talk and communicate to people unless I knew you. Speaking in Mm -hmm. public was completely out of my character, but I felt compelled to speak at his funeral because me and my uncle were very close of course, I gave him the blues many times <laughs> <laughs> and I felt compelled to speak at his funeral. But his passing came, you know, sporadically, like out of nowhere. It hit our family right. very, very hard. Yeah. And I felt compelled to be in a position to inspire, to encourage, because mind you, this is during the process of me just sharing insights and encouraging individuals. So I'm like, okay, well, this is somewhat, I guess, my element, so to speak. I'll step into yeah. it. So I spoke at the funeral, Nicole, and just spoke from my heart, just mm-hmm. shared words that I felt would inspire my family. And after I got done and the funeral had concluded, people came up to me and said, you know, David, that really inspired me. Your words mm-hmm. really spoke to me. Uh, yeah. Someone said, it seemed as if your light was shining there. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, I just spoke from the heart.
1: Right.
2: There was a young lady there. She's a friend of the family. She was actually planning an event. At a church, and they were looking for a keynote speaker for Uh-oh. this event for the millennials and <laughs> youth and young adults. Yeah. And if you know this individual, <laughs> if you know this person, she has a personality where she will not accept no for an you answer. Just cannot say no. <laughs> so she's oh. like, She's like, David, you were wonderful, you were amazing. We're looking for a speaker, and I believe we yeah. have found them. I'm like, okay, you need to go ahead and keep looking. Like <laughs> I may step into that pulpit and say something I ain't got no business saying. I'm like, nah, That's I can't mean. do that. I'm I'm not doing that. I can't do that. She's like, well, whether you say yes or no, you're gonna do it. Right. And I'm like, well, I never agreed to it. To this day, I never agreed to it.
1: You're a ball and told. I was coerced.
2: Like, <laughs> I mean, literally. Like <laughs> she had a psychological gun to my head and said, This is what you are going to do. Wow. So fast forward. This is in November. The event was like in April. So I had time to just clear my head. I'm like, man, it's going to be a few months out, whatever. I'm cool. You know, mm-hmm. I'll get to it when I get to it. <laughs> the night before the event, Nicole, like all the anxiety hit me. And I'm like, okay, this just got real. Like I'm about to step in front of this group. I think it was like two to 300 people. Wow, I don't know many of them. You know, I'm going to say something that I'm going to embarrass myself I have no value that I can offer to these people. I'm going to humiliate myself. I may fall on stage. Like all of this is running through my mind. I had two dogs at the time. I'm pacing my apartment and they're looking at me sideways like, yo, what's wrong <laughs> with you? Like something is going on. right? And I remember, remember it like it was yesterday as I'm walking, it literally hit me and it said, David, stop. And I need you to look at the notes that you have for this presentation. I was going to use the story about David and Goliath on how he conquered his giant. Mm -hmm. And I was revealed in that moment that my giant was fear. And everything that I was going to speak to them, I started speaking to myself. And a Mm -hmm. shift took place, Nicole. Like my level of confidence began to level up and boost and be enhanced because I changed the narrative in my head. Instead mm. of saying I couldn't do it, I'm like, okay, we're going to do, do something amazing. We're going to inspire somebody, at least one person that may be in that audience is going to benefit from what yeah. you have to say. I'm speaking life. And I got an aura of confidence that to this day, I really can't explain and put into words. Like mm. I could barely sleep that night. The mm. next morning, I stepped on stage with that same energy, poured my heart out. People came up to me in tears saying, wow. man, that really encouraged me. And I'm like, okay, now I can see what's really happening, okay? And here's what's really taking place. The voice in my head that attempted to tell me that I couldn't do it was nothing but a liar. Because now I have the physical evidence of me stepping into my element and inspiring people. Before, I was influenced by lies, thoughts, images in my mind. I now see the fruits of my labor that right there, I believe more than something that I just imagined, right?
1: Wow.
2: Like if somebody tells you that, hey, I've got a million dollars for you. <laughs> and they're just saying, I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to write you a yeah. check and it never comes. Yeah, but then somebody yeah. shows up and says, here's this briefcase. You got a million dollars in it. I'm going to believe the physical thing that I see, right? That's <laughs> and that's what was taking place. Now I'm convinced because I see the physical evidence of me overcoming my fear. That's why I tell many people, when you're challenged in the area of fear, ask this simple question, fear, show me the evidence.
1: Mm.
2: Show me the evidence. Wow. Yeah. Show me the evidence. Show me the evidence that I'm not good enough. Show me the evidence that I can't handle the next level. Show me the evidence that I can't succeed at this goal. Right. Odds are fear is attempting to paralyze your potential. And we give it her permission always to does. Yes. We give it permission to because we believe yes. the lies that are going on in our head.
1: Right. Because we ultimately control everything that we think. And I know in the mastermind that we talked a lot about, we get a lot of messages in our brain. And until yeah. we attach an emotion to it or a feeling to it, then that's when all the magic, it just really starts to happen. And I've you know, started to employ that a lot. And the mindset is just such an amazing thing. Now on your broadcast every morning, um, you're just so motivational. You're just so uplifting. You come with the same energy. And I know that is very difficult because you're trying to encourage others a lot of times when you don't feel like you're encouraged. Yeah. We all have a mantra. We all have a saying. We all have an affirmation that we repeat to ourselves every single day. So, does David Gibson have a mantra or affirmation that he repeats to himself on a daily basis?
2: Every single morning. There's plenty right. of them. Plenty of them. And to to extend on what you said, that energy, I prime myself for that. Mm. That's that's why in the mastermind we talk about the importance of your morning routine. where you put yourself in a position where you're able to respond to life and not react to it. And that puts you in control. But to answer your question directly, a mantra that I say to myself and I say it every single day, I put it on my post and my captions on social media. I am powerful. Mm. I am powerful. I will have the courage to own the responsibility of my greatness. Right. I will have the discipline to apply the skills and the knowledge that I've learned and received. One thing that I'm determined to become, and that's to become the best version of me. And I'm willing to burn off all bridges of retreat and stake Mm. my entire future on my ability to get what it is that I want. So therefore, I'm believing in me. I trust Mm. in my abilities. I'm fully convicted and hold confidence that I'm capable of handling the next level of my success. We have to get into the habit of speaking life to ourselves, communicating positivity to ourselves. Everything and everyone around you is attempting to speak to you. Yes. we got marketers. We have you know okay. uh, advertisers. We have individuals, negativity, the news. Everybody's fighting for your attention. You might as well give yourself some attention first thing and foremost in the morning so you ah. hear what you want to hear to right. put yourself in position to be able to combat anything that may be trying to stop you from living your best life. So again, to answer your question, I am powerful.
1: Oh, and that packs a punch. You just said a lot. Um, Gosh, I I don't know how I'm going to dissect all that. (laughs) (laughs) You just said a lot. But the one thing that I have um, been putting into practice is if you can win the morning, then you can win the day. You you say that often in the broadcast to start off your morning right. And I've been doing that through the meditation. Yeah. You know, just taking those 15, 20, minutes first thing in the morning before I have coffee, before I check an email, before I have anything else. And I center myself. And that's usually how I'm able not to go left on people. Yeah. yeah. I mean, during the day, because always. yeah, Nicole can um, do that very, very quickly. And so, you know, I've, so I center myself and it's going to be a peaceful day. It's going to, I always say it's going to be an amazing day, but that's one of the things that, I learned and my mantra that I repeat to myself every day is that I will exercise the God-given power that I have within me to be great in everything that I do. I love that. And so that's what I repeat to myself every morning. And um, you're wearing my favorite shirt. I am capable. I am strong. I am free. I am powerful. I am extraordinary. Extraordinary. Absolutely. And those are great I am's because, you know, like you said, the book of life, (laughs) it says that I am, yeah. I am the I am the beginning, and I am the end, and everything in between. Because I have the power inside of me to dictate yeah. what that is, and that's so powerful. All of us have a great influence in our life. Yeah. Who is your greatest influence? Oh man,
2: there's so many people.
1: And I know it's your pops. You know, you got your brother. Yeah. And you know, I, you know, I, you know, I had the pleasure of listening to your brother give a presentation, and and he's just dynamic as well y'all all all got these good looks so (laughs) it's like and and i know you and you know and and miss amanda you guys have some great looking kids and i'm like so does that just run in the family (laughs) (laughs) i appreciate that empowerment and good looks and (laughs) i know and i know your and i know your young kings are gonna do the same thing but we all have that one influence who is yours
2: I will say the person that comes to mind now as we're speaking is a person that has truly impacted my life from a distance. I never had the great honor and pleasure to meet him in person. He's now passed away, but it is the great, the GOAT, Muhammad Ali. Mm. As you know, but for the listeners, I started competing in boxing uh, when I was in high school as a teenager. And when I initially started competing, for me to improve, I knew I had to study the craft.
1: Yeah. You know, yeah, you have yeah. to
2: take your craft seriously. You have to take oh, yeah. the sport and the sweet science very seriously. So I started studying the craft and I immediately literally fell in love with Muhammad Ali and his approach to the sport. I would yeah. watch many of his fights, and of course I would see him dance in the ring, pop in his jab. And I would watch many of his interviews because I'm just going on YouTube and watching these fights. And then, of course, I came across many interviews and he had a captivating level of charisma, but most importantly, his confidence, right? His confidence, his boldness, his bravery. I'm going to knock you out in the eighth round. And when the eighth round came, you was on the canvas, right? That's right. You know, like a a bee, your fist can't hit what your eyes can't see. Rumble, young man, rumble. Mm -hmm. Like I fell in love with the man's confidence. But what I learned and understood about Ali after watching one of his interviews, he began to describe how he would talk to himself, right? Many people thought that he was talking to his opponents. And in this interview, he said, really, I'm not talking to my opponents. I'm speaking to me. yeah. And specifically, he was talking about when he initially won the heavyweight championship title against Sonny Liston in 1964. Mm -hmm. Now, if anybody knows anything about the history of boxing, Sonny Liston was nothing to be played with. Like, he he would make Mike Tyson Mm -hmm. look like a weak guy inside the ring. Sonny Liston was a (laughs) bona fide gangster. Mm. So you have this young kid from Louisville, Kentucky, That's coming up challenging him. They called him the Louisville Lip. Nobody gave him the respect that he deserved. Everybody thought he was just this flaunting and, you know, he would be coming and be gone as soon as Sonny Liston knocked him out. Like literally, they had paramedics on standby, multiple ones, ringside, because they thought that Sonny Liston was physically going to kill Ali. Wow. But leading up to the fight, Ali is just talking noise, like talking Mm -hmm. crazy. He's too ugly to be the world's champ. The world's (laughs) champ should be pretty like me. And I'm watching these interviews, and as he was speaking, people in the crowd are laughing, and he said, I want you to listen and hear me clearly on this, okay? He said, I wasn't talking to Sonny. I was talking to me. I told myself I was the greatest before I knew I was. And -hmm. then he said this. He said, it's the repetition of affirmations that leads to belief. And once that belief becomes a deep conviction – That's when amazing things begin to happen. And like we just talked about, those two words, I am, what we place Mm. after that will literally shape our life. And he understood that. And as I was competing in boxing, I was growing physically, but more so psychologically and mentally with every fight because I was studying how he was approaching the fights, his mindset. And I took that and started to share that in every aspect of my life. So that's really personified who I am as a person. Like I've really ingrained that mindset in everything that I do. I'm yeah. the greatest. I'm the greatest. I'm bad. I'm fast. Yeah. I'm quick. You know, believing in yourself, holding mm-hmm. on to your confidence, being bold, being brave, being courageous with everything yes. that you step into. So to answer your question, he's been a great influence. And of course, it's been at a distance, but that just goes to show how our gifts can make room for us.
1: Yes, they do. Impact
2: people that you never even meet. You never even meet in person. Just being you can help inspire someone else to live their best life.
1: So, talk to us about what drove you to write your latest book, Come Alive. I am 75% finished with it, and it is phenomenal. (laughs) It is such a great read. And one of the things that I like about Come Alive, where you always have a story and an analogy to set up what you are trying to ultimately share with the reader and to give them the tools and the tips and, and the steps to carry out whatever you were trying to convey in a particular chapter. So talk to us about the process and the mindset behind Come Alive.
2: Come Alive really was inspired by a quote that I heard delivered from Howard Thurman. And you reading the book, I briefly describe Howard Thurman. But those that may not know who Howard Thurman is, Howard Thurman was a philosopher, theologian. In fact, he was Martin Luther King's mentor. was okay. said that everywhere MLK went, he had Howard Thurman's Jesus and the Disinherited book with him. Uh, Any decisions that he made, he would call Howard up and say, hey, what are your thoughts on this? What's your perspective? Because Howard Thurman was a man of counsel. He was a man of wisdom. And my aunt gave me these audio tapes of many of his lectures. And I would just pop these audio tapes in and tune into them and listen to them. And Howard made one statement of one of those lectures that really hit me like a ton of bricks. He said, when you're pursuing things in life, don't ask what the world needs. Ask what makes you come alive, because uh, what the world needs is more yeah. people who have come alive. And right. I thought about that for a second. I really let it. I really allowed that statement to to marinate and dissect that statement for quite some time. And I thought about it, and it helped me realize that really that's what we're all aiming to accomplish. You know, yeah. we, we all want to know what the purpose of life is, but we also want to find something to live for, right? That's right. We all want to feel significant, to be recognized.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And we each have gifts and talents that make us come alive. So in the book, I describe, of course, many different strategies that I personally applied to my life that helped me come alive, overcome my challenges, mm-hmm. tap into my greater potential. Mm-hmm. And I find that this is something that many people struggle with, You know, discovering your identity, who you yes. are. Changing the narrative in your head and the words that you speak. Making growth a lifestyle. Many of us become complacent Mm -hmm. and content with where we are. Overcoming adversity. Pushing past the pain. Staying and remaining determined and living a purpose-driven life. These are some things that many of us struggle with. So I felt that, that there was a need for me to put that message out there to help individuals tap into their greater potential.
1: And it's an amazing read goodness it's 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 just so much in in just those pages there are so many nuggets and you share a lot of those nuggets on the broadcast every morning the yeah. dream catchers worldwide broadcast and you have listeners and viewers from all over the world that tune in every morning eight thirty a m
2: eastern standard Time
1: <laughs> Eastern Standard Time somebody do the math for the pacific and and mountain West and all those other times. But in the broadcast, you share some great um nuggets on just living life. And yeah. I want to know, and I'm sure the um listeners want to know, is living triumphantly, there's an art to it. Yeah. And not only is it mindset, and I'm taking and changing that mindset, but how would you, D1, describe living triumphantly? What can individuals do once they discover their purpose and they're operating in their gift and they're just trying to take things to that next level? Like I said, there's always another level. Once I get here, I'm pushing to go here because there's just always something else on the other side of what you're currently doing. So how would you describe living a triumphant life?
2: I love that. And you know, I'm a huge advocate for Elevation, hence elevation is a must. And like you mentioned- (laughs)
1: Elevation is a must, yes. That's what I was getting to.
2: (laughs) The ceiling that we bust through will always become the floor to our next level. So to describe living triumphantly, I will say it like this. It's making the executive decision or more importantly, the personal commitment to growth, improvement and development in all aspects of our life, right? Right. Right. I'm talking about every aspect, not just okay growing financially. You know, it's one thing for you to be earning six figures or seven figures and be a millionaire, but you don't spend any time with your kids, right? That's right. You know, it's it's one thing to have a million followers, but you're lonely and mm. you're not tapping into your purpose. I'm talking about holistic growth, right? Yeah, personally, professionally, financially, spiritually, emotionally, mentally physically, every aspect of our life, it's making that commitment that I'm always going to seek out ways where I can improve, where I can be better. The biggest room is the room for improvement, Mm. the room for improvement, every single Mm. one of us. And as we continue to grow and improve, what that does is it adds value to who we are. Mm. And when we add value to ourselves, we can be in a position to add value to others. And if Nicole and D1 is in a position to add value to others, yeah new opportunities begin to open up right so by us living triumphantly we'll be living our purpose and most importantly we'll be impacting the lives of others
1: the biggest room that we have is the room for improvement improvement i love that i love it it's simple but it is profound because a lot of times we find that when we get to one level we just want to stay because it's comfortable right yeah. And you often talk about start getting comfortable being uncomfortable because that is the only way that we grow and when we become stagnant, that's when we get frustrated yeah. that's when we just you know feel that life has just left us behind, but we haven't put forth the effort to grow on a continuous basis yeah. now there's A couple of questions that I ask everybody here on the Beautiful Butterfly Project. And, you know, there's just some random questions that I ask. Okay. And, you know, I try to switch it up, but most of them stay the same. So my first question to you is this, David. If your personality were a color, what color would that personality be? Black. Mm, Tell me about (laughs) black. (laughs) Black. You know, I consistently wear black because it's easy. I don't have to think about it. Yeah. Eighty percent of my wardrobe is black, but that's not my favorite. That's not my personality color, so why black for you? I think
2: I'm the same way I wear black um it's not really my favorite color. I would say blue is almost my favorite color, blue or gray, but I say black because it's almost universal, you know you can yeah you can it can flow you know it can okay. flow it can flow in between different areas, different elements, so because it's universal,
1: it's universal baby yeah, okay. I never <laughs> thought about it that way, universal. What's your favorite word? Power. Power. How did I know that? Power. How did I know that? (laughs) Best book you ever read? Uh,
2: The Bible. I mean, but that it, it entails multiple books. But I mean, yes, it does. I was having this conversation with someone not too long ago. They were talking about profiting from Christianity, and you know, of course, that's a topic in itself. But (laughs) <laughs> and when you break down the book of Proverbs, what many people mm-hmm. don't realize is, you know, many business instructors derive a lot of their content from the insights that are in the book of Proverbs. But mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. it's the book of life in which I like to refer to because it helps us live. It helps us grow. But I would say that's my favorite book to refer back to because you always get insights that you didn't get the last time you read it. You know, you were always in different, oh, different yeah. spaces uh, yeah, and, you know, you get different pieces of wisdom based on where you're at mentally or emotionally at that time.
1: And it has so many life lessons. Absolutely. You can always find a lesson. Yeah. in that great book of life. Favorite thing to do. (sighs) Only one thing. Only one. Only get one. (laughs) Right now,
2: more than ever spending time with family.
1: Course, yeah, that's you, know, amazing. My,
2: you know, my wife and I, we have a 21 month old and then we have right now a month old. He's a month old. You guys are so, busy. Growing family. And, um, you know, I'm learning more and more how much joy can be found in just spending time with your family, your children. I wasn't always that way. Again, I'm growing. We're always yeah. improving in all aspects of our life. And life has a way of teaching you the importance of everything that you have and I'm learning more and more of how important it is to spend time with family. Not just spend but invest time with family.
1: And that's so important because I often talk about it's the small things that add up. Yeah. And you now my my kids are well, I got an adult <laughs> and then I have a almost 14 year old so so um they don't need me as much anymore, but I remember just those small changes that you see in them daily. Yeah. And now their personalities and things are just blossoming, so I can definitely get with that for
2: sure. And then another thing, I guess, to add sub answer: yeah. training, training, and challenging myself physically.
1: I know, I know, I box a little bit in in, in my training sessions, and I am telling okay. you, okay, don't hurt nobody this, now. Like this, the sh- like the shoulders. I mean, it's a whole mindset because yeah. you don't want to overthink it when because you, you just want to react, yeah. but. Yeah. I'm a thinker, so my trainer's like, you think too much. You think too much. You know, let, no, them hands just, go. let those hands just, go, champ. Just let them go. <laughs> so that is a discipline that anyone that has worked in that discipline, my hat is off to you because that is not easy. For sure. It is not easy. And so if you had one day left on this earth, what would you spend it doing?
2: One day on this earth left? What would I, I mean? in a, In a nutshell-
1: in a nutshell.
2: Spend time with family. Spending time with family. I guess tightening up Lucian's. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. I don't I mean you know, I mean I mean in all reality, we are all, we all, but you know yeah. it's 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 like spending time with family and then telling them that you know, how you feel about them. You know, I think that's yeah. that's something that um, you've, you've seen my mother on the mastermind. And that's something that she is very intentional about. Because when we lost one of my other uncles, one thing that she truly admired about him was she noted how every time she saw him, he would always affirm her and say, you know, I love this mm. about you. I love that about you. That's amazing. And sometimes what happens is we don't give our loved ones their roses while they're living, right? -hmm. And we often have those wishes where we say, I wish I told them that I felt this about them or how I love them this much or how much I truly appreciated them. And I think we should be more in the habit of constantly speaking life and saying, you know, I love this about your personality. I love the way that you show up. I love the energy that you bring. I love the person that you're becoming. You know, I'm proud of you. You know, I think that's something that we should do on a day to day basis. But on my last day, I would definitely be doing that. Letting all my loved ones know, this is how I feel about you. I'm proud of you. I appreciate you. You're going to be an amazing woman, amazing king, amazing son, amazing man, amazing person. Really just yeah. affirming people.
1: And are there any last words that you have for the Butterfly Nation that you would like to share?
2: Uh, last words. I mean, I love the metaphor butterfly. You know, you... you transform from that caterpillar go through that metamorphosis process and many of us that may be listening right now you're in that process yes and you're uncomfortable it's challenging but understand that you're gaining your wings your wings Mm -hmm. are going to be beautiful and when you spread them and come out that cocoon people will stop in amazement you just think about the moments when you see a beautiful butterfly you know very elegant the very pure And that's the way we often operate in our elements and in our dreams. It's a struggle at first. You're going through the process. It's difficult. But when you arise from this, something beautiful is going to manifest. So keep going. Keep pushing. Keep elevating. Keep fighting for what it is that you want for your life. Don't let anything stop you from living your best life. Like you would say, go get it.
1: You better go get it. You better. (laughs) That's amazing. Go get it. So tell the Butterfly Nation how we can get in touch or stay in contact with David Gibson.
2: Simply go to the website, elevationisamust.com. There's a lot of resources that are for the free 99 that are available. Uh, I love
1: it. Free 99.
2: 99. (laughs) (laughs) And then on social media, at D1 Gibson, primarily on every uh, social media platform, Facebook, Twitter, Periscope, Instagram, and then YouTube.com forward slash David Gibson.
1: And... In the words of David Gibson, elevation is a must. And we thank you so much for coming on the Beautiful Butterfly Project, where we endeavor to share our stories of change and transformation. And where, because we tell our stories, that we give others the courage to share their own. The Beautiful Butterfly Project thanks you, David Gibson, the brother from another mother, (laughs) D1 Gibson. It's truly been
2: an honor. Appreciate you, Nicole. Keep shining your light.
1: Thank you. And um, we'll see you next time here on The Beautiful Butterfly Project.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode. I hope you found it to be insightful, but most of all, inspiring. If you are interested in being a guest or learning more, please visit our Facebook page at The Beautiful Butterfly Project Podcast. Or email TheBeautifulButterflyProjects at InnovativeButterfly.com. See you again soon as we take this amazing journey together on the Beautiful Butterfly Project.